What is up, everybody? It's Tom, TD3. Welcome back to Sounds of the Future, my little video podcast here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hopping back in with me for another week. I'm pretty sure this is four weeks in a row, and I just got to say, I'm very proud of myself for that. <laughs> uh, I historically did a, a fairly bad job for the first uh, couple months of this year of getting a podcast episode out every week. And for the past four weeks now, I've gotten one out. So I'm pretty pumped. I'm psyched. You should be too. Uh, anyway, that's not why I'm here today. Today, I want to talk about failure. This is a big, bad word, especially for creative people, musicians included. And specifically today, my argument is that failure is not actually failure. So let's get into it. Right. So failure is not actually failure, in my opinion. I used to think that it was like, if you fail, if you fall on your face, then everybody's going to know and it's going to be awful and there's going to be consequences and yada, 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 you know, the whole fear-based thing. But my argument is now knowing what I know and what I've like experiencing, what I've experienced, learning what I've learned. I believe that failure is not failure. It's not the end. Failure is like failure is teachable moments wrapped inside of pain or frustration. Failure is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow and it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Failure is an opportunity, period. That's what it is. Um, in fact, I might call the episode Failure is an Opportunity instead of Failure is Not Failure. Um, <clears throat> failure is an opportunity if you will let it be. Now, there are plenty of people out there who will let failure be just that, failure. That's it. It's over. I failed. I can't try again got to do something else. Um, and then there, there's another class of people who, when they fail, they take the opportunity to examine what happened and learn from that. I like to think I am in group B. I, I used to be in group A, not about everything, but about some things. I would like, I would let the failure get inside my own head and I would already begin to be embarrassed about the failure before I ever heard from anybody about it. And like many people, I allowed myself to accept defeat and failure in many areas of my life, even before I gave it a good college try. Like I would determine that it was not going to work from the onset, and so I just wouldn't even try. And I think that's what a lot of people do. I think that's what a lot, a lot of people do in this world. And that's why so few people actually accomplish great things or even like notable things. People are terrified of failure. So failure can be crippling. Failure can be terrifying. It can be scary. But I would argue that failure is the scariest before it happens before you actually take the step to try anything that could potentially lead to failure. 
Because when you do try the thing and you fail, you realize how not big of a deal failure is. You think, oh, well, this kind of sucks. It didn't work out like I wanted it to, but the world is not crumbling. People aren't pointing at me and laughing. I'm not getting hot flashes and hyperventilating. It just is what it is. And you can then take that opportunity to examine what led to the failure. So, and th- and then you can take the education you get from that examination and apply it next time, either repeating the thing you just failed at or trying something a little bit different and new. So let me get less esoteric and more practical here. I have been a musician for a long time, but I did not start releasing music of my own until 2019. One of the big reasons for that is I hid behind the safety of being the drummer, thinking that was the only contribution that I needed. It was the only outlet that I needed. And also, it was safe. Somebody else wrote the words, and somebody else sang the words, and I was just in the band. If the record didn't do well, or if people made fun of the music we created... Ultimately, I wasn't the guy who wrote the lyrics, melodies, and sang them. So I was a little bit insulated. I was a little bit safe. I'm burying my soul here, by the way. So that was a safety net for me. I could I could be creative. I could do things. I could live the dream or and or pursue the dream for a long time, if it as it were, and accomplish all of the things that I, all the goals I wanted to accomplish as a musician, you know, be in a band, be successful, make a living. But I never had to actually take the risk of putting my own creativity and heart on display. And I hid behind that for a long time. And it finally dawned on me that's what I was doing. While at the same time, I was giving other people advice about why they should do the exact opposite of what I was doing. Take a chance, hit publish, write stuff, put it out. And I realized what a hypocrite I had become. And so I was like, really the thing that kicked my butt into gear was not the fear of failure. It was not the like overcoming of the fear of failure. And it wasn't like one day I woke up and was like, you're afraid. Let's do this. You can fight this. No, honestly, what it was is... I realized I was a hypocrite and I have way too much integrity to be hypocritical in any area of my life. Like I, I, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to tell you, you should do something, I can, I'm only going to speak to you through the lens of my own experiences, not hypotheticals. I did that for a long time as a lot of 20 year olds do just to be honest, like 20 year olds, 20 somethings, we all think we have, you know, so much knowledge and understanding of the world. But when you're in your 20s, you really don't know shit. Like, it's just the truth. I, I, looking back on my 20s, I didn't know shit. And you don't either if you're in your 20s. I hate to break it to you. It's just the truth. Um, so you have to draw on something else as evidence for and support for encouraging others or stating your beliefs or whatever. Um, so I, I like when it boiled down to it, I was, I realized I was a hypocrite. I had a self actualization. 
I was like, I'm a hypocrite. I can either like redact my statements about what I know to be true, or I can act upon them and put into practice the things that I have been putting out in the world, in the world, into the world through my speech. So I decided to take action and I decided to start releasing music on my own in 2019. And along with that came great fear. Um, and the, the biggest fear was that I was going to get laughed at or made fun of, or that it was going to suck and that it wasn't going to do well. Um, in fact, I, the first three songs I released, I didn't even sing on them because that was double again, another fear. It wasn't just a fear of releasing my own music. It was also a fear of like singing and writing lyrics and melodies because I've never like fancied myself a singer. I've always considered myself a good musician, but not a good singer and good is subjective, of course, but I just have always thought I've just never put myself in the category of someone who is quote a singer. So I was like, I'm not even going to touch that. But then it just, it kept wearing on me. Like, you know what, man, I just, if I'm going to make what I want to make, I got to take a risk. I got to take a chance. I know I can write songs and I'm comfortable singing on my own. And I had recorded some songs in the past that I was happy with my vocal performance on. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I want to pull the trigger and I'm going to release a song of, of me singing. And so I did that. And I released that song in May. It's called To the Wolves. It's the very first song I've ever put out with my own voice on it. Actually, that's not true. I put it on I put out an acoustic song called Pain on SoundCloud earlier in the year, but not an official release produced track on streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. So for all intents and purposes, To the Wolves was my very first foray into being a vocal artist. And interestingly, when I hit publish on that track, I was not afraid. And I know that sounds weird, but I think what happened is I spent the first several months of this year facing down that fear on my own, not publicly, by putting out music, period. Like, so that by the time I actually put out a song of me singing, I was I was ready for it. I was unafraid. And even now, I'm like, it's all good. Uh, I'm not afraid of it failing. In fact, I'm, I think I'm less afraid of any songs for, from here on out failing because I've already had a couple of failures with songs I've already released. Like I released a song called glitch. I tried to get it playlisted through several outlets and submitted it to a ton of playlists. It literally got rejected by everybody and everybody had an opinion and a review about it. And but it didn't hurt my feelings and it didn't make me feel bad because I, I knew why I did the song. I knew why I made the song and why I put the song out. And I put that song out solely to overcome my own fear about hitting publish on my own material, period. I didn't care if it got playlisted. I just was trying stuff. I was throwing stuff against the wall, like trying to figure out this whole process. 
And so that song didn't do anything. It still has less than a thousand plays on Spotify. I released it in January, beginning of February 1st, something like that. Um, But then the second song I released is a song called Upload, another instrumental track. And I did the same thing. I went through several outlets and tried to get it playlisted. And it got picked up by several really popular playlists or like not really, really popular, but like, you know, listeners in the thousands um, or playlist subscribers, followers in the thousands. And that track has over 20,000 streams uh, at this point. So that one, by comparison, is a smashing success compared to the first one. So that made me feel great. But at the same time, it didn't make me like start drinking my own Kool-Aid or toot my own horn or anything. I was, I was happy and I still am happy about what that track has done in comparison, but I'm not like, it's not this big binary swing of like, I was upset about glitches, lack of performance, and I'm stoked about uploads performance such that the next song I put out the fuzz got picked up by a couple playlists, but got overwhelmingly rejected by most. So if I was on a high for upload, I would have been on a low for the fuzz, but I was indifferent yet again. I've I've kind of maintained this like indifference throughout all three of them. And then I released to the wolves, the first one of me singing and have gone through the same motions, uh, have used some of the same outlets, some not. It's got added. It's gotten added to some playlists, but it's still not crushing it in the streaming game, and that's okay. And I've gotten feedback on my voice, which is new for me. Some has been good, some has been bad, and and again, I'm indifferent to all of it. Uh, for the most part, I mean, some of it, I'm like, hmm, okay. But it's like I have this. I've managed to cultivate this uh, sort of detachment from my art from my work. Once it's done, it's done and it becomes its own thing. And I think the reason I've been able to do that is because I view each song and each release as an opportunity to learn and to grow. So really like what my methodology is and has become is constant testing, constant trying things, um, cross genre, like with vocal, without just like literally pouring out my creative energy in whatever way I'm feeling at the time into a song and releasing it. Now, a lot, I think a lot of artists, the problem that, that a lot of artists run into is that all of this experimentation I'm doing publicly, they do privately. So uh, an artist will spend years trying to learn about and cultivate their sound to figure out who they are before they ever release any music. And I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm crowdsourcing my creative direction in many ways. Now, I'm always going to make what I want to make, and I'm always going to stay true to who I am. And and ultimately, the only audience I'm really making this stuff for is me. Because I just want to make stuff that I enjoy listening to. And not even that as much as I just want to make stuff I enjoy making. It's not like I wouldn't paint a picture and then spend every day looking at it. The joy is derived from the process of painting it. And that's the same with making a, a song. 
So it's really a catharsis for me. Um, but I'm, I'm crowdsourcing my direction. I'm, I'm continuing to hone and narrow my craft and my sound into becoming whatever it is that TD3 ultimately is. And I think that I've managed to eliminate fear by doing it that way. No, I shouldn't say eliminate. I've managed to minimize fear because the biggest fear in the world is the unknown. And when you sit in a room for two years and you write and write and write and write and write and demo and demo and demo, and you don't put anything out, you maintain, not only do you maintain, but you fuel this fear of what if, what are people going to think when I finally put something out? What are they going to think? And the, every day that goes by that you don't release something and you work on new things, you add more fuel to that fire of the fear of what if. So you're putting more and more pressure on yourself as an artist to deliver when you finally do decide to hit publish. So if you've got a two-year backlog of 50 songs, let's just say, 50 demos, and you finally pick one and you cut it for real and you put it out, you've got 50 times the amount of pressure on yourself for the success of that one song. Me, when I put out Glitch, I had the pressure of one because I started recording Glitch and released it within 10 days. I didn't give myself the time to be afraid. I only gave myself the time to work, to finish, to hit publish, period. That was it. I didn't have the time to get afraid. I didn't have time to think about anything else. I eliminated any opportunity to sit in the fear of what if. And then when it came out, the kind of, well, I consider that song a success because it was the first one that I hit publish on and it nothing else about that song matters to me. I hit publish on it. That's a success to me. But numbers wise, I learned a lot from that failure. I learned, you know, about, I learned more about what, about how to pick the, the right genre to target my audience. I, I learned about who is listening to my music. Are, uh, how old are they? Where are they located? Are they male, female? What, like, I learned a ton of stuff about all the tools to get that music out into the world, about Spotify for artists and getting playlisted and how to release music through DistroKid and then Amuse and using these different platforms. And I, I took that failure of almost no streaming numbers and I used it as an opportunity for education. So... If you learn anything from my story, uh, and I'm going to continue going, by the way, and I will continue to check back in on this very topic, but if you learn anything from this episode, learn this. Don't give yourself the time to sit and stew in the fear of what if. Hit publish. Hit publish on everything, or most everything, or at least a very large percentage of the work you do. Because the like a song not do, meeting expectation can suck, and it can be a failure. But the perception of what a failure could be, I promise you, is a lot 
lot worse. Your mind will make it much, much more terrifying than reality ever could be. So don't give your mind the opportunity to scare you away from it. Hit publish, face down the fear, put out music consistently all the time. That's it for this week. Thanks a lot for listening to Sounds of the Future. I will catch you guys next week. Peace. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to Sounds of the Future today. Hey, look, if you like this episode, hit me up on Twitter at Tom Dupree the Third, T O M D U P R E E I I I. Let me know what you thought.